Hey there, internet. Oh, this playback slider is not affecting the playback of the actual volume of this song that I'm going to have to manually slide the little volume slider down virtually with my keyboard and mouse here on the Giant Podcast Aftermath show. Are live the music weekly you did did you hear it i heard the music yeah it was it's cool right it's uh really good the new old school by lee dagger courtesy of audio network we don't give that song i mean we know the people know the title but lee dagger needs to get his credit it was really good um you use audio network not apm music yeah we're we're in the audio network family um Mm -hmm. We had to kind of stay in the family. They were the lockdown people, and we had an exclusivity deal. You know, it was just a very... Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I'm here with an unfamiliar voice for some of you. Um, not to besmirch my guest's internet fame or anything, but uh, we're joined by Pat Gill from Polygon. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, I promise I will stop fighting. Uh Jinsuke Saze and okay, he killed me. I'm done. I'm done. I promise. I'm done. I'm done. Hi, how's it going? Pretty good. I haven't died today, so well, I've uh, I've died more than twice. That's that's, I should ask for my money back. Uh, It's a joke about Sekiro. I was playing Sekiro. Is this Um, is this a first playthrough or a repeated playthrough? This is this is my uh, second playthrough. I have a new game plus file but i wanted a fresh new game plus file for another thing i'm doing so i decided to play through just the base game again and it's re- still really 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 good yeah i uh i would really like to go back to it i uh got i would say like two-thirds of the way through from what i was kind of reading about how many bosses there were but it's been so long that i'm i'm scared i'm scared to go back and get killed I've been off, so I haven't played it for like three or four months. I, I haven't played it since I beat it for the first time. Um, and the thing that surprises me the most about it so far is just that like there was really no friction in getting back into it. Like okay. the beginning of the game is easier than the rest of the game, obviously. But like, uh, just like no, yeah, it's it it's like once you know how to do the stuff in the game, like you know how to do it. Yeah, I imagine part of it will just be shaking off rust. Um, yeah. It's cool too because like I can go I could just like go backtrack a little and like grind through some of the areas that I like would occasionally grind in. I feel like those would be good places to kind of get my skills sharp again. Like yeah. that that little fucking village with all those little awful mole men. Ah, uh, the village of the mole men. Yes. <laughs> uh, wait, so you you made it to that's uh, Mibu village, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I got uh I beat the corrupted monk who's the boss there and I beat one yes. more boss. And then I beat the the lady by the water. Yeah. And then I beat the second ape. That was where I stopped after I beat the ape again. Uh, Uh, There's a, they, the ape fights in this game are just really like trying to think of like what the dark souls equivalent of that is just a thing that they love making you do over and over and over (laughs) again. I kind of like it. I, because like you kind of gain a, like a rivalry with like this goddamn ape is back. <laughs> like I, you know, I I don't get attached to the lore of the Souls games like some people do. But what I like about the Souls game is like just kind of developing that internal narrative of like, oh, this motherfucking ape. I've just like attaching it to your own actual human personal like plight. Mm-hmm. Like how many times has this ape killed me and I'm fighting him again? Right. This ape has personally offended you time and time again. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a good ape. It's a really good ape. He really is. Oh, man. That, the first time I, be, quote unquote, beat the first form. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I put the fucking controller down. <laughs> That's honestly like one of the most infuriating but fun gameplay moments in recent memory. Uh, Playing anything else? Uh, Chilling? Uh, Playing like I board ju- games? I just finished Dark Souls 3 for the first time ever. Uh, that was super fun. Uh, I'm excited for Iceborne, but I haven't really had a whole ton of time to game on my time off. But um, yeah, mostly just Dark Souls three, uh, and I just I, I started Judgment the other day, um, and Judgment seems super fun. But I don't know. I don't. I, I assume I'll stick with it. Should I stick with Judgment? I I haven't played it, um, but I recently, like two years ago, or whenever Yakuza Zero came out, I got way into yeah. Yakuza. 
Uh, and so I'm looking Which forward of to those have you played then? I played Zero, Kiwami, and Kiwami 2 is like in my upcoming rotation. Um, and then I read that like cool comic that they put out so I could like ca- caught up on the story. And so I like kind of know what the overall stories are, but I'm, I, I've kind of been back and forth on whether or not I want to go back and play like four or five. All right. I, I also have to play six, but I'm, I kind of want to like wait for the remasters, the Kwamis or like whatever they're going to do. Four and five. I mean, are those ones old enough that they're going to do that? I don't know. Uh, I, I imagine eventually, like Yakuza is a series to me that like it's like uh, I, I I can't think of a parallel, but it's a kind of a game where I I would just I'm fine being pleasantly surprised by oh the oh that's out okay I'll play it. It's not like something that it's gonna I'm gonna be like counting the days on when it comes down mm-hmm. or when it comes out. Uh, I got I, I got a surprise interview with the creator of Yakuza at uh, at E3. Have you seen that guy? Mm-mm. Oh my god, dude! He is—I uh, don't know. There, there's something about him, like you know how like there's gaming auteur and like you know, oh shit, I just like, lo- unique looks in the gaming industry. Is this and, like, Toshihiro Nagoshi? Nagoshi? Yes, yeah. He's like the Sega version of that. In that like, <laughs> yeah, he is that for like an alternate dimension, like because like so he showed it in an interview in like all like acid wash jeans, yeah. Uh, was he wearing eyeliner, like, like heavy eyeliner? Because a lot of these heavy, pictures he is. Yeah, heavy eyeliner. He's 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 had um. I mean, I don't think it's it's it's. He's had a lot of plastic surgery, mm. um. So he's got just like a very distinct look to him. But he was super chill and fun to talk to. But he kept insisting that this was a very serious game. Uh, <laughs> and then like I was like, oh wow, they're going a really different direction in it. And then I started seeing like. Uh, screen caps and shit from the side quests. Here's the like, pissy minigame. Had anything to do with these side quests? Because this game looks like clown shit, like the rest of Yakuza. <laughs> um, I uh, I was talking to you. Oh, I sh- I'm going to mention up here at the top. Uh, the we have all sorts of technical difficulties going on right now, and because of that, I'm not able to play voicemails or take live calls, which are the kind of two things we do on the show. But we have live chat going. Use the ask a question question function in chat if you would like to ask us a question and our first question comes in from dc 8822 and all it says is imagine being born on 42069 can you imagine that can we both do that for a second yeah hold on okay i'd be like 60 me too actually i don't know if i would see the humor in it because I'm, I'm picturing myself as a 60 year old man who's never had sex or smoked weed yeah and just right, doesn't if understand. you're born in 69 you missed all of that stuff you were a baby when that stuff was invented right um we all know weed wasn't yeah, invented until um uh california legalized it um it's uh it's i don't think i I, i've imagined it for a few minutes i don't think i'd like it that much ben (laughs) i think uh i honestly think it'd be like most days you were to be born on except you kind of have like a funny anecdote you can tell but yeah imagine like okay imagine being born in the 60s like imagine how i don't know i might i'm I'm picturing myself i own a house i've hardly worked for it but like, imagine, imagine they all, imagine all the gaming opportunities you wouldn't have had. Oh, yeah, I would never play Sekiro as an old ass man. Are you kidding me? But what if uh, who's the oldest pe- dude who's like into into just really fucking hard games? Is oh. it is it Fatality? <laughs> How old do you think Fatality is? Fatality has got to be exactly the same age as Tony Hawk. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Wendell, aka Fatality, is okay. He's thirty-eight. Yeah, he's got to be the oldest dude who plays video games with intent. Yeah. Uh, speaking of old dudes who play video games, Samurai Showdown. Yeah, baby. Uh, how, yeah, Pat, you watched uh, you watched some Evo, huh? Yeah, I, I watched um, I watched a, a more Evo this year than I probably ever watched um, because I was really excited for it. 
Uh, and it was so fucking cool. And every year Evo rolls around, like I watch a bunch of Evo and then I'm like, and I also watch a uh, sh- shout out uh, to a, a feature on a website called ranking of fighters. I watch all the ranking of fighters. And every time I watch ranking of fighters or Evo, I get super excited about fighting games. And I'm like, oh, I wish I played fighting games and I wish I was good at fighting games. Um, but I just can't, I love watching them and I appreciate them, but I can't find the one that like I get into and I can't find the right way to get good at fighting games. Yeah, it's uh it's kind of a messed up proposition because it's a game it's like imagine I mean I guess Sekiro is similar, but like I was gonna say, imagine you get like the new Call of Duty, right? And it's like, okay, to play this game, you're gonna just be really, really, really bad at like not even like the multiplayer, right? Just like I'm because yeah. the core of fighting game is you fight against another human. And it's like a thing where you're signing up knowing that like, yeah, for the first like 15 hours, I'm going to just have a really bad time. I'm like going to lose over and over again in really humiliating ways. Uh, and the fu- the the fucked up thing about fighting games is like, as I consider myself someone who's pretty competent at fighting games. I'm not tournament level or anything, but like I play a lot of them. I like playing them, but I still have that when I pick up a new, like when I started playing Samurai Showdown a little more regularly, I like hit the training room for a little while. I was like, okay, I kind of I got a couple combos. I kind of know what my character does, what it's supposed to do, and then I went online and went like one in eleven. <laughs> yeah, uh, online terrifies me. Uh, it was just the idea of just like because like when you get on in Call of Duty, like at the beginning of every new like Call of Duty game, like there's usually or if it's been a couple of years since I've been playing, there's usually a phase where I just get my fucking shit wreck can i cuss on this show is this a oh yeah or should I? uh we have a limit that i'm keeping track of in my mind but you can okay, you, cool. i'll use less uh I, I get my shit fucked up real bad like every time oh, i start two. a new shooter like a call of duty and then eventually i work my way back to the you know the my, my appropriate place on the on the leaderboard in there but then it's like but like when you fail and when you do really bad in those games, your shame is more private. Like I can't imagine the idea of just like this binary situation of just like going online over and over again and just losing and losing and losing and knowing that my, my loss was entirely my fault. Uh, and, uh, I'm bad. Uh, I feel like, I think I'm, I think I psych myself out with fighting games Mm. because like I, um, but like Dark Souls, when I finally got into those games, it was like I looked at some guides and shit like that, but it was mostly just like getting in there and sucking at it for a long time. I guess I just really haven't tried that with fighting games. I'm just like too focused on like looking up guides and trying to figure out what Oki and Yomi and all that stuff are before I actually make my hands know how to play them. Yeah, it, it definitely helps if you have somebody in your real life who is also into fighting games, like just being able to sit down and play with another, even if they're not, even if they're like way better than you, just having a regular human opponent is so good because it teaches you like to start looking at the game from a perspective of not, what do I do? What do these characters do? Eventually you'll play against that person enough. You'll learn both of your characters fairly well and it becomes the fun part of fighting games, which is like, okay, what am I going to do to beat this other person? And then that's the tool you take back onto the online. Uh, yeah, that, that was the most fun I ever had with fighting games was when I had, I briefly, uh, when I was still living up in Maine, there was an arcade bar, Arcadia National Bar, that did uh, just like Mortal Kombat friendlies every few weeks when Mortal Kombat 10 had just come out. And I had like, gotten comfortable enough with scorpion to like do a couple decent combos and stuff like that and then the first time i played in a friendly tournament like the the moment it was like super fun and it really clicked for me was like when i was doing a set against a kid and then like it wasn't about me doing the combos and stuff like that it was it, it was it was me figuring out like what what he was doing when i would do certain things and then how to exploit that and stuff yeah. like that and that was really fun but i've never had that experience again just because I've, I've never had a group of people to play with um uh, Pat, we got a question here, uh, uh, something I need to address that I kind of briefly b- brought up on the Bombcast, but wasn't able to tell the full story. This is from Processor. Does the shirt you won for eating donuts get real good even fit you? Um, there's a place here called Bob's Donuts, Pat, where they have the big donut challenge, and you have like 90 seconds to eat a like, I'd say it's about like a, a f- I'd say like 16 inches in, in diameter. 
Um, okay, inches in t- okay, yeah. You know, like uh, it's, it's a big donut. Uh, and if what are you we eat it, thickness is is it the thickness of a regular donut? It's a little it? thicker. I would well, I'd say it's like the thickness of maybe two donuts on top of each so other. So it's so it's got a really big hole then. Oh yeah, it's got well the hole. I feel like they didn't. I feel like the hole is the only thing not proportional about a, a Bob's donut. Um, uh, but basically, you have ninety seconds to eat it, and if you eat it, you win a shirt. Uh, and it's like a Bob's donut shirt or whatever. Uh, to answer the question, no, it didn't fit me. Uh, mostly because when I did it, I was with a bunch of my drunk friends and we were all drinking because it was our friend's last day in America. He was visiting from Europe and we're like, okay, what's the most American thing we can do? How about an eating competition? Um, so we took him there (laughs) and then when I won, I jumped or I mean, it wasn't a contest, but when I completed the donut, I jumped up raised my hands up in the air as as a victorious person does and punched the ceiling so hard that I burst my knuckle open and started bleeding everywhere. And the poor lady behind the counter just like put a shirt in front of me and said like, get out. Was the shirt meant to like suck up the blood or was it? I I think it was like the first one within arm's reach. (laughs) She put it down there. Uh, Pat, have you ever done any sort of extreme eating? Ah oh, no, I'm no. I'm sorry. It's okay. Do I, I can't. I can't if you want me to. <laughs> yeah. Yo. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll fix this in post. Pat, have you done any extreme eating? Uh, I I have uh, done a lot of extreme eating. Um, mm. I have a, a long-standing personal rivalry with Kobayashi. Um, you, if I correct me if I'm wrong here, but you beat him to the top of Mount Pizza more. Hmm. What was that like? Pizza more. It's pizza more. <laughs> I thought that's only when the moon hits your eye. <laughs> yep. Uh, Kobayashi lives in in Brooklyn, and he has like what? Like a, a, a his girlfriend is like a Brooklyn artist. What? Uh, who does like hot dog centric art? I think. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I, maybe I'm wrong about the hot dog centric <laughs> art thing, but I know that like uh, I saw flyers for like a party hosted by kobayashi and it had it had her art on it and it was like it made me happy for him um him and his big distended belly yeah he's really i just remember when did you ever watch the saturday night live digital short that was all about kobayashi or no it wasn't a digital short it was the cartoon like uh the ambiguously gay duo mm-hmm. uh it was really bad uh it, well it was a modern snl thing um pat we have another question here sure. from the chat and uh i just want to know it's this is a question about video games um we've reached a point uh, love, excuse me we've reached a point where lots of indie games are getting sequels hollow knight risk of rain splunky etc mm-hmm. what's an indie game sequel you want to see Ooh, that's a really good question yeah um they kind of listed a lot of the ones I would name. Shovel Knight and Spelunky were or two yeah. that I'm passionate uh, about. Let me think. Uh, I don't know if like it's going to happen, or I, I think it might be in, like a troubled development thing. But I think I, I want something else from Play Dead. Like I want, I want mm. to see what they would do after Inside. Yeah, I I would. Yeah, I kind of. A lot of the a lot of the indie games I like Google the list of, of top indie games just to kind of for reference. But a lot of these games like um, a lot of these games they just kind of made a different game completely after the first game. Like I, I see here, like right. uh, you know, uh, Papers Please. It's like, well, I don't want a sequel to play Papers Please because Oberdin came out and that was cool as hell. And then I don't want them to make another Oberdin. I just want them to make another weird thing. Gone Home Two. It's a FPS. Uh, yes, there we go. Um, d- d- does the Scott Pilgrim game count as an indie game? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. I, well, give, give me a new Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> it's really nice hearing some more positivity. I've, I'm the only one on staff who likes that game. Everyone else hates it. Oh, that game's so good. It's really good. Um, um, I, I'm really bad at naming indie games on the spot. I would probably need to like crack open my Switch and see what I've actually been playing or what i would want a sequel to i i I have to admit that like i'm very bad at playing indie games these days i feel like i really cared a lot about them in like 2010 
and then uh, I became a, a shitty mainstream gamer. Yeah, I kind of I'm in an awkward position where I like play a bunch of smaller games for sake of like quick looking them and stuff like that. But I'm really bad about finishing them, even if I like them. Like uh, yeah. I've been super slowly chipping away at Baba's You. Um, uh, there was a game called Nightshade last either this year or last year that was kind of like a a mist type game, but you like are a painter and you had to use paintings to communicate and stuff. Like there's so many really cool games and I'm like, man, this is cool as hell. And then I do the quick look and never look at it again. Yeah. That's the thing that like, I'm both like a little bit jealous and also because of that sort of like unjealous of opposite of jealous of, because like y'all's video approach is just like so many videos and like that, the highlighting games. And like, I found out about so many like cool, smaller games from giant bomb just because y'all blast through those quick looks. Um, Your check is in the mail. Yeah. Thank you. Um, But yeah, but I, at the same time, like, so I, I would get jealous because like, we don't, we don't do that where I work just because that doesn't fit what we do. So I don't really ever, I, I get to play like one thing that I'm making a video about at any given moment. Right. Uh, and then I do that for a, a month or a couple of weeks. And then I'm like, well, <laughs> I got to play something else now. Um, Question from the chat. Uh, yeah, go ahead. It's a hot ass day out and hot has like seven teas. Someone yeah. says lemonade or ice cream. Which do you choose? Ooh, uh, that's. Uh, I think the real question there for me is a cool, refreshing beverage or hot, painful diarrhea. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the beverage. Uh, yeah, Pat, you're a perfect guest to have on this show, where all we talk about is eating really bad food for you. Um, yeah. Do you have any? So, uh, I don't know what you want to talk. You, Pat, do you uh, ever venture into the world of fast food, really? Oh, <laughs> of course. I don't know. You could be one of these New York liberals who all you do what is eat your kale and quinoa, all you do, organic water, eating all their meals at Olive Garden, gluten-free ravioli. Mm. Okay, so what's your... As people, as listeners know, we are the 3 a.m. boys. Um, we encourage people to live their best life at 3 a.m. and kind of order whatever you want at fast food. If it's very late, you know, you may or may not have been drinking, hanging out, and kind of, you know, imagining that like distance is not an issue. What is your go to? I want to treat myself poorly fast food experience. Yeah. Um, okay. So I do a thing where I think I, I make the right wrong decisions for me. And what I've learned is I I love, I love a McDonald's. McDonald's is really good. I love a McDonald's French fry, um, especially when it's fresh. But the problem I find with McDonald's French fries, it's so starchy and heavy. It just sort of sits like a brick in you for a while. So if it's, if it's 3am mode and we're doing the 3am thing, um, I'll get maybe a, a McDouble or two and uh, a four to eight piece chicken nuggets. And then I will open up one of those McDoubles and jam a couple of chicken nuggets <gasps> in it. So you get a little chicken crisp in your McDouble. Ooh, I like that. We haven't really gotten into the world of fast food hacks like that. That's a, no, that, that's a good hack. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I like it more than the, what do they call it? The McGangbang. That's the one mm. where you put a, a McChicken inside a McDouble because there's less bread. Yeah. Like, I don't need that much breading. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. Um, I had a, uh, I went to Jack in the Box for the first time in a real long time at 3 a.m. I actually called in and left a voicemail. Um, I'm unable to play it this week, but I'll play it next one. Uh, and I had their one of their newer abominations, which is the chicken tater melt. And it's like mm. a chicken sandwich with a cheese sauce, and then they threw a hash brown in there. They just put Ooh, a whole ass hash so brown. Good. Yeah, in there's the a, there's a place in um in Scarborough, Maine. If you're ever in Scarborough, Maine, or it's South Portland, it's on the line between Scarborough and South Portland. Mm. But it's called St. Joe's, and they do uh, an amazing breakfast sandwich. It's like sausage, like a uh, um 
omelet style eggs so just like egg just folded on itself over and over and over again and a big fat biscuit and then a fucking um hash brown patty in there too and it's so good um we have another question here uh maybe you can answer this one motion sensing app that makes pod racer sounds when you go on runs Pod racing sounds. Which who's pod racer? Can you set it up to make the noises of any pod racer? I uh, I assume you get Anakin Sabola and Ben Quadraneros. Okay. Uh, do you, can you get um? What was the name of uh? Uh, shit. I'm going completely blank. Who was the announcer in? He had a great name. He had two heads. Greg One of his heads was voiced by the guy from Whose Line Is It Anyway? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh God, he did have a really good name. I'm going to look this up. I'm going to look this up real quick. You you um you, you keep doing a show. Uh sure, I'm just playing some pod racer sounds here. I don't know how well that's picking up. These are bad sounds. Um that's going to actually get me to stop running. Crazy Bagman says, "I'm about to lay down, and take a nap while listening to this. Tell me a bedtime story." Uh There was a Jack and Jill, and they messed up and got some water. I forget what happened after that. I'm I'm not finding the name of this this character. Look up I know Greg Proops. IMDb. Greg Proops. That's the name. Thank you. Uh, What's your favorite Star Wars name? Oh, Unkar Lutz is pretty good. Yeah, that's a. I like a Nyet Nyub. <laughs> Who's Nyet Nub? Uh, I think it's um, it sounds like an Ewok, but I don't think it is. Let me check. Um, I don't like any of the droids after C three PO and R two D two. I think they all are dumb. Um, yeah, they're they're not not trying quite hard enough. Grand Moff Tarkin is another good one. That's a really good one. Um, was he not in Star Wars? Yes, he was. He was credited as Gregory Everett Proops. Uh, who's the guy who gives out the portion bread in episode seven? He had a really fun name that I only know. Minus five portions. That was Nick Frost. Or no, um, <laughs> uh, the, the other one. Uh, Jack Black. No, 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 no. The, Jack White? The, no, no. The, the, um, Jack Gray. God damn it. <laughs> Some, somebody in the chat's just probably going to be super mad that I don't remember. It's, it's the main dude from Shaun of the Dead. Oh, the zombie guy. Uh, he plays uh, the wasp. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess I guess their names were Bede and Fode, maybe. Mm, that's bad. Bede don't know do. I uh, thought he had a better name than that. I'm sorry. You know, it's okay. I'm just, uh, I have a points board over here behind me. You can't see it on the stream because of perspective. Um, it's much like at midnight over here, and you just lost points. Mm. Um, Dexter Jetster, that's a good one. That's a good Star Wars name. Simon Pegg. Everybody's saying Simon Pegg over and over again. Dennis Fong, a.k.a. Thresh, the first esports man, is 42. Do with that as you will. I just broke... This comes in from Powelled. I just broke our development environment at work while attempting a simple upgrade. What's the worst you've ever broken something on the job while doing something simple? Oh, shit. I've got a couple of good ones. (laughs) Go for it. Uh, I got three from the same job um, and we'll start in, we'll do them in ascending order. Uh, I, I was working at a part as a parking lot attendant at this beach in Maine. And what that meant was I would just sit in a lawn chair all day out in the sun and people would come to the beach in their cars and I would give them a ticket so that they could park there in the parking lot. Um, and uh, people would come from all over the place. And this one family came in their big fucking stupid RV uh, and I was like, okay, that'll be $35 because that's how much it costs, which right. is a lot, but it's like, you're going to be taking up like eight spots. So it's a deal. Um, 
and they got really mad and they're like, no, I'm not paying that. And they would go to turn around and they start driving this RV, this like bus sized RV past me. And it starts uh, pushing my lawn chair. So I have to hop out of my lawn chair and oh, it no. folds up. And then I realized that these radios, like they're actual, like legit real radios uh, that we used to communicate between the beaches is right under the double wide tire on the thing. And it just completely smashed my very expensive radio. And I had to tell people that I broke their radio. Uh, And then in that same job, the guy uh, stole a bunch of money from me. And then uh, the final one was I was sitting out in the sun for too long and I, uh, stood up to talk to a lady and then I started feeling really dizzy and I told her to hold on a second and then I fell forward and hit my face on her car <laughs> and I dented her car door. <gasps> head. Oh my uh, God. So those are the things that I've broken and lost at work. That's awful. You dented a car with your head. I mean, just like a Nick. Yeah, but still, uh, Pat, how do you feel about the relative breaking news here that Viacom has entered into a definitive agreement to acquire Paws Inc., the entity that holds all global intellectual property and rights both to Garfield as well as U.S. Acres? Uh, so who just who just got it? Verizon. Viacom has bought Garfield. Viacom. Mm, what else does Viacom own? I'm just thinking about po- potential crossovers. Uh, well, potential cinematic universes. I first was alerted to this because there's a CBS Viacom uh, merger potentially lined up. So I might be coworkers with Garfield someday soon. Nice. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'm only going to see that guy four days a week. <laughs> Uh, it would be good if they sort of just sort of as part of the viral marketing campaign for whatever big plans they have for Garfield moving forward, he stopped doing strips on Monday and then people would be like, where's Garfield? And it would be the where's Garfield campaign. That's good. You should. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I was going to say you should talk to Jim Davis, but I guess you should talk to Viacom, whoever's whoever we can get there. So they're not keeping him on as like an advisor or anything like that. Um, I mean, the dude's probably like 90, so maybe he'll just get into competitive gaming. Maybe Jim Davis uh, can be the new face of old men in esports. A, a- Moore has a question real quick. Oh, it's, yeah. They say, uh, if you could slack Garfield, what would you say to him? <laughs> I'd probably send him like a, hmm, no, you know, that's so on the nose. I was going to, I was about to say I would send, I would do like slash Giffy lasagna and send it to him and be like, hey, want to get lunch? But yeah. it, it's like, you know, it's like asking a tall person if you play basketball. It's an immediate way to like get them to not like you, respect you, value your opinion, want to continue talking to you or any of that. I think I would ask him. Um, I think I would just ask him. I don't know. I've, I just have questions about his feet because they're just so big. They are huge. Bigger than any cat's foot I've ever seen. I would maybe ask him about like Arlene, you know, just be like, Hey, how's it going with Arlene? And to give him a, a avenue to kind of vent, you know, cause a lot of times people, yeah. people are not looking for help. They're just looking for somebody to talk to. Yeah. They're not looking for solutions. They just, yeah, which isn't a bad thing. You don't always need to be looking for a solution. Sometimes you just need to vent about Odie. Um, is are him and Arlene an item, or are they? It's 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 always hard to tell with cartoon characters whether they're an item or whether they're like related. Yeah, because they don't explicitly show them on screen um, having intercourse ever. Uh, right. I think. I mean, I only watched Garfield and Friends. I haven't. I haven't seen the extended universe. I think they have Jim a kind Davis's of Davis's top tier Patreon subscribers get that stuff. <laughs> Jim Davis's private Snapchat. Uh, <laughs> I think they were kind of like an on again, off again, like hot and cold sort of. Will they? Won't they? Did they? Could they? Mm-hmm. Can I see them? Sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Or maybe perhaps they're just two members of a, a polycule and we haven't really met the rest of them yet. That should be the Garfield expanded universe. It's just <laughs> Garfield and friends parentheses. They fucking, <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, if Garfield had a different favorite food instead of lasagna, what would it be? Uh, I'm mm. thinking something. I'm trying to go outside of our cultural. I'm trying to think like what's a nice big comfort food from maybe another culture that Garfield could really glump onto to kind of get that international crowd in. Yeah. Because uh, Italian uh, like uh, pasta is from America. So we need something foreign. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you like what? hot pot. Hot pot would be really cool. Um, <laughs> be really cool. Uh, I do like hot pot, but it's a complicated thing to draw because when he draws lasagna, he can just draw like a little box. Right. I mean, when you draw hot pot, you can just draw like a bowl. But I mean, what about like the stuff that you dip into it? Is hot pot just a bowl? I thought it was like a whole setup. <laughs> it is a whole setup. Uh, you're right. Okay, maybe it's like uh, so. It has to be easy to draw and comfort foodie. Um, yeah, I'm thinking just like big turkey legs. I think that's ooh. one of the easiest things to draw. Yeah, yeah, like a, um, like Garfield at a Ren fair. Mm-hmm. Garfield, big turkey or burgers? Maybe plates of burgers. Yeah. I feel like that's that's, I mean, that's so basic. That. That's, and yeah, that's a jughead thing. Here's a here's a turkey eggs clip part. Free download of turkey leg clip art. Why is there so much Garfield fan art? Does anyone know? I mean, he's inspiring. Um, have you ever drawn fan art of anything? Like, or have you ever like drawn something? Do you, did you draw growing up a lot, Ben? Uh, I loved being. I loved art like arts and crafts and art projects and stuff like that. But I was a terrible like drawer or painter or any of that. But I did submit a drawing to, did you read Nintendo power back in the day? Yes. Remember how they would have like in the like letters to the editor section. Occasionally they would have art that people drew of like Nintendo related things. Yeah. Uh, I submitted one and it was called the title of the piece was plumber wars and it was Mario and Luigi um, kind of in a Darth Vader, Obi-Wan, lightsabers clashing pose. Uh, it may have even been like on the Death Star, but with uh, big wrenches instead of lightsabers. That's great. And did they publish it or did they, they just like say? They sent back, they, after like six months, they sent it back. They sent it back to me. Yeah. Uh, and just and with no comment at all or just like, i think it was there was like a boilerplate letter that said like thank you for submitting we love our fans art and we get so much but we can't put it all in yeah how about you uh matt ruvian in chat says i drew so many fucking earthworm gyms yeah me too um Ooh, that's a good one earthworm gym was one of the harder ones because that was one of the ones where he, he like he he wasn't just like a collection of shapes and icons like a lot of them so you had to like sort of draw human anatomy so i could only draw earthworm gym in like three different poses that i just copied from video game manuals and like game pro game pro ads um i did but, i yeah, did I, have a uh how to draw the simpsons book um, and I got really good at Homer and Bart, but those are so easy that it's just yeah. like, I drew a fuck ton of Sonics. I, and I had this realization a couple like months ago when I got, I got a, an iPad and I was drawing on the iPad with a, a, a pen thing. And I was like, Oh, what should I draw? And I just like, uh, I started doodling uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. And as I was drawing it, I was like, Oh my God, like this is first of all, I'm drawing an excellent Sonic right now. <laughs> and second of all, I was like, I just the, the the physical memory of doing this is like so completely ingrained into me now. I've drawn so many Sonic the Hedgehogs, probably thousands of Sonic the Hedgehogs. Like that Malcolm Gladwell book about like uh, people who get really good at things by spending a thousand hours doing them or whatever that bullshit is. Right. Like, that's me with drawing Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> um, I also drew. <laughs> bug a lot do you remember bug oh no fuck well did he look like a bug's life bug no he looks sassier than that i'm looking up bug oh yeah this guy's got tood oh yeah. my god he... i never played a, a, a bug game i just saw bug in like game pro magazine do you know it's kind of fucked yeah. up bugs thick bugs definitely got like an ass yeah he's got a he has a, a donk on him um <laughs> he's he it just stands out because he's like definitely pointing it at the camera in this box for sega saturn <laughs> right yeah he's, he's sort of like giving like the over the shoulder look if yeah all right oh yeah 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 <laughs> he's like oh i keep looking pal <laughs> <laughs> uh I didn't really. Uh, I think I made a couple attempts at. I, I used to draw Arrow the Acrobat sometimes. I would just. I would draw characters from video games that I had never played. I did have an original content uh, character, uh, an OC, if you will. Um, 
that I was quite proud of. He's a monkey. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, continue to talk while I just go ahead and, and draw this real quick on my computer and yeah. show everyone at home. Um, but while that happens, I want you to answer this question, Pat. Uh, where'd it go? Oh, I lost it. Oh, here we go. Right, uh, Pat, are you a pickle guy? Oh, I love pickles. Yeah. Um, Pat, what is your favorite cut of pickle? Whole, spear, chip, sandwich length, dill, bread and butter? Half. Half pickle. Half? Wait, like No, no, no. Quarter. Quarter pickle. Quartered pickle. Like look, cut long ways, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So cut like spears. A long quarter. Yeah. I think so. Like if I'm just snacking on them individually, mm-hmm. you, I got to go with that. For sandwiches, I do like the the, the medallions. Yeah. Um, and uh, bread and butter pickles can fuck right off, though. Yeah, there's just really not much to them. I like, I like a really, really dill, slightly spicy pickle. Yeah. Do you ever, like, fuck with those big mamas? You know what I'm talking about? Like, the ones that come in a little bag, individually sealed? Yeah, those ones are all, like, if I recall, those ones are all kind of, like, super sweet, too. Like, I don't I don't have a really sweet pickle. I like, uh, I just like it really sour and just full of vinegar and uh, a little bit of salt and spice in there. Sweet pickles kind of gross me out. Okay, this is a real quick, rough drawing of my uh, OC here. Uh, chat, you'll you'll catch up on that, and I'll I'll post a link somewhere. His name is Funky Monkey. Um, That's good. Named after uh, we had a little like budget Chuck E. Cheese place in Santa Rosa called the Funky Monkey uh, that my friend's dad actually owned. So we would get to go every once in a while for free. He would he would we would go after it closed, and he'd put the games on free play. And it was like the tightest possible thing I could imagine as a child. That's a good OC. That's good. It's got like the good iconography. It's got the, um, it's got the, uh, what Jim Henson and his team called, I think that the triangle, which is the, uh, you know, the eyes and the nose very in close together so that you can sort of get everything you need from the face by looking at a very small area. I like, I like the, uh, the red really stands out in a good way. Yeah. Um, the red nose is key. It's really good. Did you have any, did he have a personality? Did he have hobbies or friends or was he just sort of? Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. definitely like, I would do a comic. I would do comics of him. Um, and he was just like a classic, cool, chill California guy who was like stuff would happen around him. And he'd he pretty much every comic strip might as well have ended with him making like a gym face into a camera. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was like weird stuff would happen around him and he'd be like, what the heck? And that'd be the punchline. That's good stuff. Just bring it back. Um, I, I never did com. Oh, I, I tried comics. I, I tried making a couple comics when I was really young, but I would always realize that I wasn't that good at drawing or composition or storytelling. And I would just sort of give up part of the way through, but I designed a lot of, hypothetical sonic levels with my friend we would just like sit down and Ooh, we just yeah. like we would draw the theme for the level like we would draw a, an excerpt of just like the general area of the level and then on a separate seat we would a sheet we would draw the the boss design for robotnik for that level um and uh we had a lot of fun and that's why why i fucking sorry i gotta stop cussing so much uh that's why i flip and love super mario maker is because it's just like it's that but you're actually doing it yeah it's so cool um and it's with a good character not sonic <laughs> i definitely drew a lot of mazes were you ever like a maze like cool like i would do like these mazes that would have like you know rules like I, I would draw yeah. these really intricate, like like this area is like the spike zone, and you're just, it's yep. like not for anyone. Like I wasn't doing this like giving them to a person to solve. These were just for me. Um, trying to yes, think of other for stuff sure. Like you you do stuff when you're a kid and when you just want time to time to pass so you can get home and game or do whatever it is that you you do. Yeah. Or sometimes you just do this stuff for fun. I, I um, yeah, I would. Man, good stuff. I, I I made toys. I would make toys out of wherever, whatever I had on hand, and um, 
they would last for a shockingly long period of time. Like I had, we had this entire like cinematic universe of little dudes that we made out of, you know, those like erasers that are sort of shaped like a squid's uh, bell. Yes. So we'd have those and then we would jab little holes in the, in the hollow side of it. And then we would pull uh, rubber bands through those holes and those would be the arms. And then we would draw little faces on the, the front of the, this sounds like something you would do in the great depression. <laughs> I was gonna say this sounds like, like something action heroes like the, like, the end of your pen and you'd like spin them like you'd like you know twist the pen and they'd like flail their arms and like hit each other and stuff it ruled that's it was the best game game of the year 1994 <laughs> I would love if like do you think like your parents still have any of those or like do you think any of those still exist in some capacity somewhere um n- none of those those are all gone but I also I did have a um I made a origami uh, frog that I realized that like, if you fold, if you do the folding for an origami frog and you make a couple modifications to it, you can also make an origami transformer. If you use a bit of your imagination, because like you can stretch the legs out. So it's like, Hey, this is like a mech. It's got like these two arms painting facing forward. But then if you fold it out a different way, it like, it takes the shape of an airplane. So I made this little, origami transformer and i like drew little decals and designs all over it. and that thing lasted for last time i was home i found it and it was still intact uh, <laughs> uh yeah i uh my big thing like i i de- we definitely like bought a decent number of action figures but not like enough of them so that i wouldn't get bored of them so my big thing was right. modding them with play-doh or silly putty or clay and like yes, being like so cool here is iron man's custom outfit like i gave him a big like arm cannon like mega man and stuff and i would just like mix and match that stuff for a while and it really like it really padded it out you know you could like kind of come yeah. up with completely new fun adventures for them to partake in uh, uh did i ever tell you that i, I fucking invented bionicles no yeah man Lego, Le- that's a Lego property, right? Yes. Lego, Lego's the one who owes me money. Yeah. Before, okay, before Bionicles, which were rad, and which were like right at the very, very, very end of me, like playing with toys as a as a pastime. Um, they had these things called Throwbots, T H R O B O T S, and they were uh, essentially Bionicles, except they all had one fucking stupid like spring arm <laughs> that you'd put a little frisbee in, and then you'd pull the frisbee back, and it would shoot <gasps> forward. Yeah. Oh my god! Yes, I had these, and I, I had a couple of them, and I was like, you know, these these are cool, but like, I don't love the throne gimmick, but I do like the look of these bots. These are some cool looking bots. These seem like they could have a maybe a cool Cartoon Network series about them. And then I, um, so I would just combine, I would combine two throwbots so they could just have two normal arms and none of the throwbot bullshit. Uh, and I was like, I didn't call it Bionicle, so uh, I guess, I guess, I guess Lego does win that one, but. Uh, <laughs> man yeah and also yeah to go back to what you're saying about like the clay and stuff like that like the weird thing for me was that i i was obsessed with like battle damage on my toys so like i would just like i had a my my 12 inch gi joe by the end of his life was just completely covered in like scars and like yep. blood and stuff oh my god we would take we would take action figures me and my friend would take them into the car and then like tie a string to them and hold them out the window and just like drag them along on the ground so they would get scuffed up and look cooler. Oh man. I think my mom saw us doing it once and like pulled over and freaked out, like rightfully freaked out. <laughs> just like you that's dangerous. I, I don't know if it's like super dangerous, but it's not something you want your kids to do. <laughs> uh you've got a really interesting camera angle going on right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's um it's avant-garde um now pat uh pat we kind of started late so i'm not gonna hold you too much longer there's a one more question here from the chat and this comes in from bill mcneil i want you to answer me uh what's the worst animal at the zoo oh yeah um what's the worst animal at the zoo i i i'm gonna catch some heat for this but i think the majority of birds can get fucked yes Finally, somebody says it. Finally, we're brave enough to admit that birds suck and the Scott Pilgrim game was good. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I'm not. A, I'm know, not I a just, fan. I just feel like the birds feel like they're better than you. Yep, and they're not even like flying around, which is their main thing. They're usually just like sitting there, just being birds. Like the the penguins. Like, like so, San Francisco Zoo forever. I, I, they still might, but they had like this kind of famous penguin exhibit. Um, yeah, and it's really cool and novel because it's like, oh, it's penguins in California. Like that's cool, mm-hmm. and they're like allegedly well treated and everything. Uh, and they build it up as like, oh my god, we're gonna go see the penguins. And you go, and they're just like, they're just sitting there. They're just like cold birds. Man, I gotta say the the penguins at the Boston Aquarium really that they are born for the stage. They are really born performers. There's so much drama going on between them. Like, so if you live for drama, you will love these penguins. They have uh, relationships and rivalries, and um, uh, they they're, they're all wonderful. They're they're wonderful little animals. So I guess the penguins are the exception that. Uh, yeah, that to birds sucking. Um, I think uh, I think the big cats are cool, but so often, like any sort of very powerful animal, just has this aura about them of not caring, which is kind of sad when you go to the zoo. I mean, zoos are inherently sad. Um, I think, but I don't know anything that knows it's more powerful than me doesn't have to try. Whereas, like. Fun little monkeys, they're all zipping around. The, like the cool yeah. amphibians are doing their thing. Um, yeah, th- these are these are all good animals. Gorillas scare the shit out of me. They just do not feel like they belong in zoos. No. There's just that certain class of animals where, like, no matter what the justification is, in terms of like, well, we rescued this one as a baby. It's like, uh, look at that. That's a that's a man in there. That is a man that you have in this cell. Okay, um, Pat. Yes. Thank you for joining me here on the Giant Bombcast Aftermath. Sorry about all this technical doodadies, all this malfunctioning. Who's a what's it's, and all of our terrible live viewers who aren't asking any good questions i'm just kidding guys thank you so much for watching uh do you have anything you want to promote here um uh, polygon.com yeah youtube.com slash polygon yeah there you go uh we have a new monster factory coming out tomorrow oh fun that'll be fun i'll i will have to stay tuned for that one myself pat again thank you uh it's a pleasure talking to you uh, this is normally where I'd be like fading up some cool music or something, but our machines are so broken that I'm just going to say bye. <laughs>